And with that, we are live. Hey, Dan. Hey, Roy. Dan, I'm glad to have you on. It's great to be here, man. Yeah. So, guys, this is uh, welcome back to the Balance Mail podcast series. Tonight's episode is a dad talk. I have Dan here. And, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful spring evening. So, this is the first time we're hanging out one on one. I know. This is like we've only hung out three times. Yeah, three. Yeah, three ish. Yeah, like I was telling you, this is a uh, this is my one of my first cold interviews. Most of the people I've known or have come on, I've known a lot longer. So I would little say I'm a little nervous. And I'm a pretty cold individual, so there's, yeah. I mean, if there was one so far, it. that's one thing I would say: yeah. cold. Um, but yeah, we've, we, we hung out that one faithful evening where we were, we were going to have a parents night out and then everybody, Jim and Lindsay, Jim and Lindsay lost their sitter and we had to call the audible and, oh yeah, that was wild. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, Jim had to, you know, take the hit on that one. Mm -hmm. But as I remember, we had a lovely night at Bubba's. No, not Bubba's. Nah. Dockside Inn? Nope, not Dockside. Uh, chicks? Nope, we didn't go to Chicks. I yeah, feel like strike three. We didn't really hang out, did we? <laughs> we this went is... to uh, we went to Hera the dog. Yeah. And then we went to dinner somewhere, and then came back to our house because Jim and Lindsay had to. For those of you guys listening, Jim and Lindsay are friends, mutual friends of ours. Yeah, yeah. So Jim left. Because all of the kids were at our house, except right. for y'all's. Your y'all's babysitter was fine, and right? We, yeah, and we yeah we only had one child at the time. Makes things so much easier, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, but then Jim and Lindsay's babysitter flaked or something, and then luckily our babysitter was like, "Bring them, we got it." So there was oh, like yeah. four kids with her and this high school girl. And then Jim hung out, but then left to put the kids to bed. But then he came, and we hung out some more. I remember the babysitter said, yeah, and it's it's uh, only another $30 an hour. Yep. And mm-hmm. and I can take this extra kid. Yep. yep. Of course you can take it. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. And your wife was pregnant at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, wow. Time, I lost track of the timeline is very blurry time is a social construct as it is so we don't even really need to get into that yeah. so who cares i really want to ask so i heard something which i didn't know about you and like 30 minutes ago not 30 minutes ago five minutes ago so you mentioned you were at jmu two weeks ago to go visit your old acapella group yes so you participated in acapella I did. Okay. And is that how you met your wife? Because that's how Jim met his wife. Actually, I I would say yes. So she was she a fan of acapella and she I don't think she was, but she so she was in a sorority uh-huh. <clears throat> with girls who were in acapella. Wow. So she, I ended up meeting her when uh-huh. her and her friends who knew us 
came over to our house one night. We were having a party. And that's how I just singing. Y'all were just having a party, just singing hits, <laughs> just in corners, because that's 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 what I imagine with acapella. Oh man, yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> furthest furthest thing from it. <laughs> we would never, we would never pull something like that. Yeah, let's. Let, hey, everyone, you guys are having fun playing beer pong. You, you playing flip cup and everything. Okay, can you hold on a second? We're we we're gonna sing a little tune for you real quick. <laughs> And um, we're going to try not to suck all of the fun out of the room. But the movies make it seem like that's all that you guys do. You know what? I'm, me and Jim are fortunate enough to be in acapella before that movie came out. Wow. So it was. It's a movie, right? Yeah, it is a movie. So. Pitch perfect. Uh-huh. And before, and even, even on The Office, uh, when uh-huh. it became kind of a, a, a running joke with Andy. And the, yeah, uh, who's who's in trouble? No, uh, here comes, comes treble. Here comes treble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I really enjoyed how much the spotlight that acapella got because um, I was in the marching band, and there was a spotlight on us after American Pie. Remember, <laughs> you remember that. I mean, marching band was like, I mean, yeah, of course it's a marching band. Yeah. I played the saxophone. I'm really not ashamed that I was in it because saxophone is a dope instrument. Yeah. But there was, I used to think about how people viewed marching band. It's kind of like (laughs) BC and AD. So when it comes to like Jesus, you know, before Christ and after death, like how we do our timeline, like how people viewed marching band was before American Pie and after American Pie. Really? Because once American Pie came out and that she talked about like the band camp stuff and all those things and how it was, it was just, it kind of exacerbated the like, what's the word? Like the, the nerd aspect of it. Yeah. And then everyone was like, you guys are like secret freaks and all that stuff. I mean, I was kind of, that's a, for another podcast, but. And she, (laughs) (laughs) And and she really played it up in the movie too. She, she really did. Uh huh. Like nobody was, even though she ended up being the the ultimate love interest. Nobody was. No guy going to see that movie was looking to. No no guy was. Wanted to. They, they weren't going to that movie to see her. Oh yeah, totally. No, <laughs> they were going to see the guy screwing the pot. What I was trying to say. Yeah, but um, but like with <clears throat> acapella, it took. It took all the, it kind of took the spotlight from that, from like marching band. And then everybody talked about acapella, right? Yeah. But then it became cool. Like marching band never has been cool unless you go to historically black school because they're the ones that do the fun stuff. I just like marched (laughs) in line to like, God, yeah, we rarely did fun songs. But yeah. Yeah. It, I have a appreciate as an adult. I have an appreciation for marching band because mm-hmm. I, I see how much time and work was put into it. Like when I went to college, I met people. There were people in my acapella group who were in marching band at JMU, and I was just so impressed with them. Uh-huh. But my my idiot high school self, yeah, would have, you know, been like, oh, oh that's cool, you nerd. Like I. I <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just a, it, it was a complete 180 yeah um 
Next question. <coughs> like when I when I think of acapella, you have like the guy who's in the front that's like the melody. Then you have the harmonizer guy. There's usually two or three, right? And then you have the bass guy who's the, the you have you always have like you have the the tenor. You you probably I don't know if you had a baritone. We did. And then a bass. Yeah. So, okay. Cuz my dad <clears throat> My dad was in a choir. He was in all of that. I'm gonna. I'll talk about that in a second. He was baritone, not fully bass, not fully tenor. For those of you that are don't know that kind of stuff, baritone is in between a tenor and a bass. Correct. Yes. Yes. It took me a second to remember mm-hmm. that. So then you have the bass guy, and then you have the beatboxer. Yeah. So were depending you, on the song. Were you the beatboxer? I did on a couple songs. Okay, so what was your role in acapella? Were you like the front man? I, w- I was not a front man. I was, I was known as, uh, as, known as, I was a tenor too. Okay, so you were the, t- oh, you're a tenor. So the tenor one is the top for uh-huh, yep. the men, mm-hmm. the highest voice. And then below that is the tenor two, and that was me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and, and as far as front men, um, there's, it, everybody kind of rotates when it comes to like solos. Uh-huh. Uh, what was your solo? My solo, uh, it was a song by NSYNC. Yes, keep, come on, yeah, keep it, going. It was called Gone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dan. Wow. It was a, a late release by NSYNC. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I know the song. It was pretty much a showcase for Justin Timberlake before he went solo. Uh-huh, and then you you were the soloist on that song? Yeah. Wow, yeah. Dan. Cause I think so. <laughs> in my mind, Jim would probably be the soloist. He he's has good. that. He has that. He has that look. Like if you're gonna put someone in front, he's gonna hate. He's gonna hate us that we're talking about him so much about this. <laughs> I think we should keep it going. Though. Oh yeah, we should. I'm definitely gonna keep I, it going. I was told we were. This would primarily be the subject of. It would be Jim, and then, you know. Acapella and then fatherhood. Well, last. we could call it a gym talk. We'll call it a gym talk. Um, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> he just has he has the look that like he's gonna come in with the solo on all the songs. <laughs> he Jim has a, a fantastic singing voice. So was he tenor one and you were tenor two, and I, so you guys fought a lot? Is that is that what I'm? You know, I don't remember. I I believe Jim was tenor two. Okay, same as me, but okay. I could be wrong. So tenor. So let me. Th- so like, because soprano is the highest for the women, correct? I think. And that so is, then, see now you're speaking a foreign language to me. Because when I think like when women, you have the soprano, you have the alto. The alto is always the harmonizer, or like when you think the melody. Alto. Um, cause my mom was a soprano. So if, yeah, it's coming. I mean, we were a very musical family, but anyway, so then tenor one is like that really high voice. Yeah. Wow. I can't, I was more of like, is there a tenor three? Not that I know of. Cause I, I don't think that I'm a baritone. I can get a little high when I sing. Yeah. You sound like you would be a baritone. Yeah, I have. I can. I can and get the. I can get the bass kind of tone. Probably but, a bass uh, uh, after a night of drinking. Sure. <clears throat> Usually, what comes after a night of drinking is my southern accent comes out. Yeah. 
that's more what happens. Cause so, wait, that's after the night of drinking? Or oh, drink, yeah. Drink? I go from San Modelo to Modelo. Okay. Yeah, you can tell how much I've drunk. Drank. <laughs> drank? By if I say, can I get a Modelo? Yeah. Okay. But anyway. I'm impressed by how well you're speaking right now because we had, what, six or seven shots before this? Uh, Twelve. Yeah. We had a baker's dozen. Yeah. Um, Let's just call it a baker's dozen. <laughs> Sorry, wives. Um, anyway. Um... So yeah, you were in acapella, and I and I don't knock it. Yeah, I gotta turn that. I don't knock it because I was musical. I was in the band. My dad, my dad was uh, he was in choirs, all that. Like he did everything musical, and he my my favorite thing was my dad really hated he hated two things that I I know of, Aaron, um, the guy from. Who sang "You and Your Beautiful Soul"? Do you know that song? It's Is not Aaron? Aaron Carter. It's not Aaron Carter. It might be Aaron Carter, but no, Aaron Carter's Nick Carter's brother, who's in the Backstreet Boys, right? Jesse McCartney. Jesse McCartney. Yeah. So my dad hates that guy, or he hated him because <laughs> uh, he heard that song one time, and I remember he came home. He's like, "Son, I need to tell you, I heard this song, and it was terrible." <laughs> he starts going off on jesse mccartney and that song he's he's like mimicking him and i was like my dad was a very kind guy and it was just really funny to see his like hatred of something coming out so is jesse mccartney that song does he still hate mccartney oh well well he passed uh three years ago okay so yeah he he went to the grave hating jesse mccartney um Um, we can cut this out right no we're not it's it's fine um (laughs) i'm so sorry and he hated the show glee he said that that was not what glee club he said that was not what glee club glee club was about (laughs) just the fact and it, it blew my mind because like that's what he said when we couldn't watch the simpsons because he said that's not what fam we couldn't watch the simpsons or step by step Oh, and he yeah, said step by step was a, a very broken sinful family with oh yeah all this uh, terrible divorce uh-huh. in it and uh yeah you can't you can't learn about that real no you stuff. can't he said that's not what a family's about yeah and so i just remember being like because i was like dad have you seen the show glee like because i had one of those like it had snowed in georgia and when it snows in georgia everything shuts down so i watched three seasons of glee I just happened to be there and someone had him and we watched it and it kind of went down the rabbit hole. It's like, you know, Glee's an all right show. And I asked my dad about it. And he was like, that show is terrible and you shouldn't watch it because that's not what Glee's about. Glee is about singing and music and it's not about all that stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I think they did with that show. They kind of went down the road of uh, show, like show choir and yeah. acapella mm-hmm. groups instead. Yeah, I'm still not 100 percent sure on what a Glee Club is. Uh, is it a choir that doesn't want to call themselves choir? I think it's somewhere between. It's kind of like it's kind of between show choir and regular choir. Because there's there's singing and dan- <laughs> there's like there's movement, not necessarily dancing, but there's you know. There's movement, there's singing, and they're, you're probably not going to sing the classics. You're going to sing, like, pop culture songs. Yeah. Okay. My school never would have had that. Yeah. But we don't have to get into that right now. 
Yeah, we got time. <laughs> if you notice on my board, I have oh, in red. The itinerary. No, it's just so that I don't, you know, it's kind of like oh, free form, okay. but I kind of, you know, anyway. We, we go all sorts of places in the conversations. It's kind of like just a conversation where we kind of come back to being a dad periodically. Is this so when you write on the blackboard with your, like and when you're in class with your students, they can read this? They, they can understand what you're trying to write on there? Oh, um, well, actually, it depends. If I, I'm writing I, for I, myself. I can't, make a, I can't make out one word. Yeah, if I'm writing for myself, this is what it looks like. Okay. For those of you, it basically looks like hieroglyphics. <laughs> Dan is, is critique. Yeah, when I, I remember, you bring up an interesting point. Because when I uh, was taking my teacher tests, um, this lady was like, I signed, I like wrote something. She's like, I can't believe you're going to be a teacher. That handwriting is terrible. And I was like, lady, you don't, don't, I was like, shut up. And I was like, I write differently if I have to have someone like read it. I have have pretty good handwriting for the students. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But not that. No, there's a lot of, I wrote, and I wrote this fast. So don't feel like you need to read that. I don't want your head to hurt. No, no, no. I I gave up after the first word. (laughs) I don't. Even Dan, your name on there looks like a U. Yeah, I realized that. Um, yeah, D A U, and the the first word where I gave up was Dad Talk, all one word, all, oh, all, yeah. all capitalized. Well, I trademark like. it and I do it all capitalized. It's okay. kind of like Dad Talk. It could be Dayo Talk. It does look like a U, or an O. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, whatever's written on there, I know that we're way off topic. No, this is how it always starts. Oh, okay. You are the um, 20-something. It always is like this. But that's that's the beauty podcast. Am I the 20th? 20 or 22nd. I've done 33 oh, okay. episodes. Oh, wow. But most of, some of my episodes, are they're not all being dad. Like, I talk about um, growing up in the church. Um, I talk about, like, finding balance in life there's a few you know there's a few things that i talk about here some of it's not all just this yeah so it's kind of established i guess you know there's there's i have a dozen people listening (laughs) there's there's dozens of people or a baker's dozen yeah baker's dozen (laughs) so give or take yes that's a good segue into it so dan your dad I always, dad. whenever I start this, I always feel like it's, it kind of feels like I start it like people in AA meetings. I'm going to take a sip after you just said that. I, you just reminded me I'm a dad. I'm take a yeah, sip real quick. I know. Um, yeah, it is. It's always, so you're a dad. How long have you been a dad? Okay. <laughs> hi, I'm a father. You know, hi, Dan. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. But, um, you know, we're drinking a very refreshing drink. You you picked whiskey gingers, and I'm was excited that you picked that. You made it very well. It's Thank very you. good. I try to. You know, the reason I do that is because I feel like, as parents, very rarely are we in a space where we're doing something for ourselves, and so I wanted yeah. to kind of create that space where it's like, this is oh. something where you're like enjoying something that you love you know i appreciate that yeah yeah i didn't even 
I didn't even put two and two together on that. It's okay. But that's, that is a great gesture. So needless to say, Dan has not listened to one of the podcasts. <laughs> so you basically raw dogged it into this, not knowing <laughs> what was going to happen. So I had the, uh, I know the Jim, he sent me the text or he sent me the link to all the podcasts. Uh huh. And I frequently delete text conversations to just get rid of the clutter. Uh huh. And it said bye bye a long time ago. I don't remember when, but I lost the link. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jim and I shared a bottle of scotch on oh, our on our episode. Just straight, just straight scotch. And then, like, I've had guys that have like one guy wanted fresh juice, um, one guy wanted tea. I've had wait wait but fresh juice. Yeah, like what kind of juice. It was a carrot orange juice that and a green juice that I got for him. Did that did that kind of put you out? Did you have to kind of work on that one? No, it didn't. It's just it was like interesting because like, well, really, like when I say because I'm really thinking I want I want some of that right now. If you if you're I have a juicer. No, I have a juicer and I've got all the. If you want, yeah. I've been juicing for a long time. It's kind of like in all seriousness. Yeah. yeah. So like, you ju- want... like juice cleanse or no, I just, I usually start my day. I've juice. I have a cocktail I make. Okay. It started within, it's been like the last two months. Just a way to get all the greens and vitamins and stuff. Is it one of those machines where you can just, you can just dump slices of fruit in it and yep. it just liquefies mm-hmm. like instant. Oh yeah. yeah. So it has in my juice, it's a, it's a beets, carrots, ginger, celery, cucumbers, kale, romaine lettuce, spinach, and an and like a green apple, and then lemons. Man. Yeah. And all of this remains in your body for about how long? Maybe like five minutes? Well, no. Actually, um, it stays... It, <laughs> I will say digestively there's been a shift since I've done it on a good end. Like there's a lot of movement that happens, right. but it's not like a shotgun. It's like the proper kind of movement. <laughs> um, and that's been helpful because I don't, you know, like I have, you know, we have kids, right? You have yeah. two kids. I have a kid and like, and I'm also busy, <clears throat> you know, I'm up at five and then I have to get ready and I have to go to school. So like, I don't want to have to like eat a salad or like this stuff. I want to get the greens and the fiber and all that stuff. How can I do it quick? Well, just make a juice. Yeah. It takes five to 10 minutes and then I drink it and it's all there. I think that's awesome. That's a great way. Yeah. It's hard because it, you know, you got to buy a lot of like greens and stuff, but, uh, I, I recommend it and it tastes good. Like, you know, you put beets in there, but you don't taste the beets really. Yeah. You know, the apple and the lemon make kind a of little blends s- into the yeah. 12 mm-hmm. other fruits that are <laughs> and vegetables mm-hmm. that are going down in there. Yeah. And I, it's been, it's, it's awesome. I love it. So, but anyway, so yeah, that, but when he wanted it, that was before. So I had to go find fresh juice. And that was a that was a. I let us off on a whole juice tangent. No, it's fine because a lot of people because a lot of like I'll ask, what do you want to drink? What's your favorite drink? And nobody, it kind of puts people out. Like, whoa, I don't know what it is, but I'm like, and then I tell them like, I mean, you really see like whiskey, ginger, and I was like, all right, cool. But some guys were like, 
I have to explain to them why I do that. And then they're like, oh, okay. Because like one guy, uh, a mutual friend, Dustin, a wing knight, he was, he's the redhead guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted uh, Modelo and Jameson, so that's what we drank. Mixed together? No, not mixed. We, you oh. know, we we pause and we take a shot and then have a couple Modellos and then keep talking. I had a guy who just wanted tea. Um, I had a guy who wanted me to just make some uh, French press coffee. That's the thing that he loves the most. So, Man. you know, so I could have I could have asked for yep a lot more. You could have, and I chose a standard mixed drink that any bartender can make yeah push that a little closer even if you're not a bartender yeah well if you want i i got some eagle rare right over there um next to you if you want to get into that we can straight bourbon yeah because i was looking for um oh you messed up the microphone anyway what about that that? no you're good um because i was looking for buffalo trace down in georgia but i couldn't find that but i could i found eagle rare so my my parents recently took a road trip to Georgia and they brought me back a Buffalo Trace candle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And, 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 and no, it's not a joke. It, this candle is uh, bourbon scented. Uh huh. And after you, it's got a little uh, note on it that says you can after you burn out all the wax. If you really want to go that far with this really bad smelling candle, uh, I bet it becomes a uh, a whiskey glass. Well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, but still, <clears throat> like my parents will never hear this. Really, they're not going to listen to this. They don't know what a podcast is. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> Buffalo Trace candle. My first reaction when you said they brought you a candle, I kind of wanted to hit something. <laughs> But I've been looking because Buffalo. It's been hard to get. You'd be, you'd be surprised if my dad is really impressed with something, then he's a hundred percent convinced that I will also be impressed with it. Oh, okay. So if it's a candle, then he's given me. He's going to buy one. He's giving me a candle. So he was (laughs) impressed with the candle, not the bourbon. So he just got really into candles. He's given. They've given me whiskey before. They usually give me a bottle of whiskey for Christmas. Oh, okay. That's cool. Ever since I was 12. Yeah. So naturally good parenting right there. And, but yeah, they've given me bottles of whiskey before, but, but here, yeah, I, my best guess would be that they weren't thrilled with the whiskey. I don't know. So they were just like, just give him a candle. (laughs) Same thing, really. (laughs) Okay. It scratches the itch. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So you just get to smell it. You get all the, you get everything but what you want. I don't know what. It smelled like but it, it doesn't. It wasn't bourbon, and it wasn't anything else. You know what they probably were? They probably went to Kentucky and they flew into the airport and they were at some random place and it just said Buffalo Trace and they were like, "Here, let's get it for Dan. We love our son that much." Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I don't want to bring my mom into it because I don't think she was involved in the candle purchasing. It was probably just my dad. <laughs> But so if he was impressed with it, he smelled that and he was like, this is amazing. And I want my son to, I want his nostrils to be enveloped with this scent. Cause it's the whiskey glass too. After you burn out 
And I, I don't think I've ever, ever burned out all of the wax in a candle. In a candle, even after the candle dies out and you can't burn it anymore, there's still lots of wax in there. Yeah. I've never taken a lighter to all that wax and just waited for it all to drip out. Because oh, you're gonna have a lot of residue. I really wanted that glass. I really wanted that glass. Does it have like a buffalo on the glass? Yeah, it does. Oh, it's got whatever their their sign is. It's got that. So you need to, you really need to just strain it out. I think you need to really bite the bullet. Just put it in your garage. It's not an option anymore. What'd you do with the candle? You throw it away? Uh, why don't we move on to the next subject? All right, we can. Yeah, I, I feel it. like we hit. I, I threw it away. <laughs> I, I threw I'm, it away. I'm I already. Burned it, I, I burned it for. A couple minutes, like last fall, and and then it, it that was it's done. I was burning it to get rid of the kind of the smell of the cat litter that was on our, on our bottom floor. Uh huh. And I chose the cat litter in favor of Over. this candle. So you don't. You should just like just take a knife and cut it out, and then just take a lighter and just burn it all out. Get the residue. Um. I'm kind of glad that you say you get the whiskey glass because there was a part of me that was going to be like, he's going to say that the liquefied wax can be drank. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't know if you should trust that. Yeah. I think digestively it would have the opposite effect of the juice. <laughs> I agree. And you, oh. can't, and you can't breathe within 10 feet of, uh, yep. of an open flame. I'm going to tell you. So I just want to say, Dan, we're about 30 minutes in and I'm already... Just a mate. I'm enjoying this conversation. I'm enjoying it too. We're yeah. having a good time. And so after that, after you said that you and Jim split a bottle of scotch, I feel like we're lagging behind here. No, it's fine. You need to pace yourself because the um, near the end of it, it was kind of like we both had red faced, and you know, it's yeah, anyway. Yeah. So so how many kids do you have? I have two kids. Okay. How old are they? They're they're young. They are young. <clears throat> My oldest, Rowan. Mm-hmm. Um, he is about to be 22 months old uh-huh. on the 25th of this month. And my youngest, Isla, she just turned four months old. Wow. So very, very young children. So you're new to the game. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm new to the game too. My kid's about three. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you say 22 months I quit saying months after his year. Yeah, I think I'll I think I'll quit with that once I hit two. Okay. Um, there was a there was a point when I was saying a year and a half. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and I noticed all the other parents on the playground were giving months. Seventeen and a half uh-huh. months, seventeen and three quarters months. Um. So I I went along with it. I caved. Yeah, I get that. I just I don't like to do. So I am a math teacher. But when I'm off the clock, I don't want to do math. <laughs> so it's like, just I understand. Say, you know, just say, you know, about a year, year and a half. Okay, that's cool. But there was there was a good while where I had a very cloudy mind. I don't know if it was just from the from raising very young children, but I thought I was telling people my son's age as if ten months was a year. 
<laughs> so, so I think I think I, I said he was uh, eighteen months when uh-huh. he was sixteen months. I don't know. It, it 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 becomes as my wife would say, it's a Groundhog Day effect. <coughs> you know, like when oh, you're wow. a parent with early age kids. You're basically having the same day just over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And so you forget like the day, the time, the year, all of it. Yeah. It's a real thing. So yeah. <laughs> you said eighteen months. It was only eight months. <laughs> yeah, and it, it took my wife correcting me and I was like and then I realized what I had done. And it's it's yeah, it's like you had just taken a math test and, and you answered two plus two is, is ten or uh-huh. something. You, you realize how stupid you were. <laughs> and you try and you try and trace it back to wh- when, what point did I start thinking like this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just gave up trying to say the months and I was like, he's about a year. Yeah. <laughs> That's just about like... Because they... I think people always want to they always want the months because the kids are just changing so fast yeah it's cuter i think to think about kids in terms of months than years you know yeah when did we stop saying our half year ages i would tell people i'm eight and a half you know let's see i think once you get to middle school because if you say if you say i'm 11 and a half like what are you you know, you yeah. baby, and then you're like, oh, because middle school sucks for everybody. Maybe we should start bringing it back. <laughs> I'm 40. Well, I'm 40. I'm 40 and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to, at, at the half year yeah. until my next birthday. I would I would love to start saying, yeah, I'm, I'm 36 and a half. So when's your when's your birthday? It is August 23rd. So then you are. Let's see. It's April. 36 and two so you're almost 36 and three quarters yeah i was about to answer that horribly wrong so thank you for butting in you're you're rounding the bend to 36 and three quarters okay because yeah four four months would be a quarter nope no it's three oh man i hope no one from my school just listened to that they're all they're all Yep. listening right now i know all those nine-year-olds are like oh my gosh mr c yeah you are a liar you're a terrible math teacher they're all gathered around the uh the old the old laptop the pod to hear the cast <laughs> the pod to hear the cast you can you can edit that out too um so i do ask about the birth story you can choose to you know what was there you could like one was you know pick one or you know, too. I mean, was it intense? Was it easy? Was it, was there anything like super scary or intense that you weren't expecting? Yeah. So I'll, I'll go with the first birth of my oh. son, Rowan. Um, he ended up being born uh, four days after the due date. Uh-huh. And my wife was in labor, like a, a constant state of labor where she would have contractions for a while and then not have any for hours. Uh huh. And it was awful. We went to the we went to the hospital, thinking this is it. And they said, you know, 
you need to hang out for a while, walk around the hospital. I'm sure people know what I'm talking about. Uh So she's walking around in her gown. Yeah. I guess to get the baby to drop. And ultimately we're told like, yeah, we can't admit you yet. Um, so you can either go home or stay here for like another eight hours until we can give you a different decision. So we decided to go home. And they didn't tell you if that different decision would be, you're <clears throat> going to be admitted. No, they couldn't tell oh. us. So we decided to go home mm-hmm. and we're at home for, and sorry, babe, if I'm getting the timeline wrong, but we're, I th- we're at home for another like two days, I think. Wow. And then we finally go in and then they're like, okay, stay here. We'll go ahead and admit you. And we're there for like another 24 hours while she's in labor or not labor. She's having contractions and just in, in a lot of pain, very uncomfortable. Uh And she wasn't dilating, I guess. Yeah. So we end up being told we have to have an emergency C-section. So all that happened like in less than 30 minutes, we're in the OR and she's getting sedated. And I peek over the curtain and I see my son getting dug out of my wife's stomach <laughs> yeah because we didn't know uh we didn't know the sex so i i just hear them over the curtain they say all right dad call it and i look over the curtain and i burst into tears really the uh, i've never had an emotion just completely take over my entire body like i couldn't even, i couldn't help it at all i was just crying uncontrollably and I looked at my wife and I said, it's, babe, it's Rowan. It's Rowan because we had the name picked out of it. It was really? a boy. I was like, it's baby Rowan. And she she gave me a little smile. She was kind of, you know, out of it. Uh-huh. Um, but I, and I looked back at him again and I just couldn't, I couldn't stop crying. And it was just such an amazing feeling. That's cool. Yeah. It's really interesting to, like, you're in this really <clears throat> intense situation. And then all of a sudden there's Rowan. Yeah. And nothing else matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's and, cool. And from the from there on out it was just Yeah, it sounds cliche, but you become a completely different person just as soon as they're born. Uh-huh. Even before like a day before, I was a completely different person and now I care about that little baby so much. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like for us, maybe we have to see it. We have to see the per the, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, okay, yep, okay. Yeah, it's probably more real uh-huh. to the wives. Like, well, I mean, they're you know, instantly. For, <laughs> yeah, for nine months, they're yeah. like, they're they're totally changing, and everything is different. Yeah. But for us, I I tell I was talking to someone about how I feel like as fathers, we're more of like watchers to everything rather than experiencers. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we experience things little by little, but we're kind of watching it happen. Yeah. And it takes us like, 
you know, I remember when I saw him and I was like, okay, everything is different now, you know, and now there's this other thing. There's this other person. I mean, I was telling someone yesterday, I was like, it's like every day I kind of, I kind of forget that I have to take care of him for the rest of his life kind of thing. But like, there's this thing and like, I'm in charge of it, you know, (laughs) and, and it looks kind of like me. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, you know, it's it's, that's when the one day at a time thing really mm -hmm. comes into play. Yeah. So that's 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 it's wild that like of all the things that you remember, it's just from what you're telling me, like it was just this beautiful thing. Everything else was like, whatever. Yeah. Here we are. Was that was that hard to because you like you think it's happening, but then they're like, you have to go and you're they say eight hours. And then it's two more days. Yeah. A part of me was, uh, I was uh, okay with it. Uh-huh. I guess I know my wife was not okay with it. She just wanted to be out of all that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was so strong. Uh, but I was like, oh, we're going to go home, so we're not going to have it yet? Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> That's what you're saying. It's like, all right, I'm not going to, uh, I've got one more day. All right. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was nervous. <clears throat> I just always remember thinking about how there was there's nothing I can really do. I felt I felt like I didn't have hands. Yeah. Like I couldn't like make it I can only be present. Right. Which is that's all they want, but for I don't know if it's a guy thing or a man thing, like we need something to be doing. So yeah. I don't know if if you felt any of that or if you remember that. Yeah, I mean well in a hospital with plenty of other more capable hands than me, given the situation, uh-huh. I'm okay to step aside and <laughs> yeah. let, let, let them do their thing. Okay. Because um, I'm not sure how much I can help other than bringing my wife an extra pillow yeah. to put under her legs or some more water. Uh-huh. Say, here, honey. Like... Hope this helps. Yeah. I'm going to go run to Sheets and get a coffee. <laughs> you want anything? Yeah. yeah. Well, for, for I said, us... I said Sheets. There's not Sheets here. Wawa. Wawa. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's not a Sheets. You got to yeah, go to Stanton to get, go to the Sheets. Yeah, that, it's the weekend. You were driving to Stanton. It's the so JMU. That's, there's yeah. <laughs> it's the JMU weekend I just had that is still fresh in my mind. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little different because for us, I mean, we were here the whole time. Like he was, he was born upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. So I forgot about that. Yeah. So, but our midwives told, I remember they told her, uh, so you can take a Benadryl or, uh, drink a glass of wine and calm down. Cause she had been in labor a lot. Yeah. And they were like, cause it's not coming right now. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you're basically just doing all this work for nothing. Good news. Yeah, good news. Yep. So that was that was that was hard. But uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to like just watch and not be able to. But I know that the presence is all they want. But in the middle of it, you're like, no, I need to be like fixing something. So, so uh, so your wife did it without the help of of pain medication yeah no no medication no nothing okay yep so 
you were probably itching to help in any way you can a little more than me. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. my wife was good to go right after that epidural. Oh, yeah. No, she, she... Her, her mood changed almost instantly. <laughs> yeah. My my wife talks about, and she probably won't be embarrassed that I say this, but she was like, she was really glad that all the drugs were far away because there were at least a dozen times that she would have just been like, all right, no, I'm good. Let's go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was intense. Um, <laughs> I remember for, for us, it was a battle because it, it took a while and the world, the women's world cup was going on. Yeah. And there was this one time when she was laying on the couch and I was watching the women's world cup on silent because the USA was really doing great. Yeah. And th- there was a fight that we had after that. Because cause I wanted to go to, sh- you know, that was my sheets. I wanted to get a cup of coffee, I guess. <laughs> I wanted to watch it, but... Uh, yeah. That was a struggle for us because we had everything here, so... Yeah, You've a lot of distractions. Yeah. Um, but I remember when she finally called me in, I remember I was watching Wreck-It Ralph downstairs mm. um it's a quality film yep that's interesting anyway did you see the sequel to wreck it ralph huh i saw them both i didn't see the sequel it's all about the internet okay. and like the death of like the arcade games mm. I, I probably would have liked that yeah it's pretty you should watch it when yeah. you go home yeah. watch it did uh yeah, we can talk about it on the, on the next podcast yeah on the next one um did your parents tell you about your birth story no 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 uh no yeah <laughs> that's fine i just i just want that's one of the questions i ask i just wonder i guess you know because my dad would talk to us about it probably at at our birthdays every birthday he told me about it so i wish that i didn't know all that sometimes but yeah he yeah. did every day so okay that's cool no worries what was your dad like tell me about your dad when i was growing up all of it, whenever. <clears throat> Choose your own adventure. <laughs> um, I I had a great dad growing up. Or what is your dad like? Because your dad is still with us. My dad is still so with I'll, us. So I'll choose to is. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, growing up, uh, my dad was, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we, he, you know, he had a full-time job, but he made it to every soccer game, every baseball, volleyball, whatever I was playing, he made it to every single one of them. Uh-huh. It was on there cheering at the sidelines. Um, we would go dirt biking together. We would go jet skiing together. We'd, we would do a lot of activities together. And um, yeah, he, he was great growing up. What was that like to see? I guess you always see in the movies when like the dad wasn't there. What did that, what do you think that did for you as a kid? Like when you're doing these, like the volleyball, the soccer, the whatever, seeing him like just cheering you on. It, I I remember, especially, I I remember a soccer game when, and I thought about this recently, where I scored my first goal Uh and first place I looked was, was, I knew exactly where my dad was. I scored my first goal and I looked, I looked right at my dad afterwards and he is just cheering me on as hard as he can, just ecstatic. Uh-huh. And, you know, recently as an adult and as a father of a son and a daughter, um, I thought about, man, if 
what if he wasn't there? Or what yeah. if what if he what if at that moment he had his back to the to the field and was on his phone? Yeah. Or something like that. I know that that was before cell phones, but uh it 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 would have affected me if da- if my dad had not seen that. If if I knew that my dad had not seen that, it, I I think I would not not have taken it well. Yeah. So I, it makes me see the value of, it makes me want to be everywhere for my son, which I, you know, it's never, it's never possible to be Mm -hmm. there all the time. Um, But man, yeah. I think it, it kind of comes from that. You know, there's, there's, there's power in, in moments in our lives, you know, and it's very like, we can think that like, uh, it doesn't matter that, you know, I can miss this or I can not be there. You know, I have something I need to do. But as you're, as you're saying that, it's like, well, that, that was your first goal. And if he would have missed it, who knows? Yeah. how you would have like taken it ended up whatever and it's it's kind of intense as it wasn't intense for me to think about that before i had a kid but the moments now it's intense for me to think about um you know right now i'm thinking about <clears throat> so I, I blew out my knee uh, a year and a half ago and it was because I was rushing to finish something with dinner um, down here in our kitchen. But like me and my wife and my son were just playing. I was hoping it would be a, a better story than that. Sorry, it's not. It's okay. gonna be. It's gonna turn out to be kind of silly. Right. But but there was this moment, and and like we were sharing this this like kind of like beautiful little moment, in and he was just like chilling and like giggling. But it was like this, it was just nice. But I was like, I wasn't in the moment. I was like, I got to go downstairs. So I went downstairs. There was a blanket on the stairs. I didn't see it. Mm. Slipped on it, fell, knee, went two different directions. Ah. Yeah. But what I realized in that is I probably just should have just stayed upstairs for another minute or two. Because he probably just would have been like, it would have moved on, and I would have been like, okay, I can go downstairs now. I would have walked, yeah, seen the blanket, kicked it aside, and then we're not there. But I don't know. There's like things that like it matters to be present. It does, uh-huh. and and not just not just in fatherhood. I think it matters to be present. It matters to. I think it matters to say yes to things you wouldn't normally say yes to. Uh-huh. Like it takes being a part of some of a certain event or a certain gathering that <clears throat> you're like, Oh man, this was great. And then you think, ah, I almost just stayed in tonight because I didn't feel like going out. Yeah. And I would have missed all this. Mm-hmm. And that thinking about that has made me want to, you know, it, it's been, if I don't, if I don't force myself to say, yes, I'm going out to meet some, meet friends tonight, I will just stay in and uh-huh. just 
hang out with myself yeah. <laughs> and just, and just like appreciate some private time. Yeah. But you know, then you start to realize these moments, you, you don't know how many times, how many more times you're going to get together with your friends or like these friends may find out they're moving next week. These friends, you know, you, you just never know. So. Oh man. Yeah. That's a heavy thought. I'm thinking about there's this song where he's this guy sings about how um how everything happened but nothing really happened at all you know if you know so he he just wants to be present he wants to go out with his friends yeah um and it's like who knows what your dad did to make it to all of those games yeah like if you really think about that, because you know we're talking about how hard it is earlier to make appointments when you're working, your wife's working, all of that. Yeah. So it's like, I wonder how much he juggled. I think it yeah. helps. It helps that my dad had a nine to five job during the mm-hmm. week and was free during the weekends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like nowadays, the the nine to five is still there, but. There's so many more options and especially working from home, people are tempted to work more and just not, yeah. you know, not but, make that time. But it really takes a lot of like inward focus on, you know, well, what is important to me? Yeah. Like what, what is it that I want to, I want my kids to see me do um, what's important. Is it, is it, making all the money at work or being successful at work or is it the family and it's like finding the balance between that and then making boundaries you know because you want to be present with your friends but you also don't want it to take away from your family and then you also don't want your family to take you know it's it's just a lot of like setting up priorities Mm -hmm. but i think you know my dad was kind of like that too and i think if you're making your family a priority I don't know if I think you're going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like if, 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 if going to the soccer game means losing your job, then I think you have to think about the job you're doing. I agree with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a difference between like, you know, a 12, a 12 PM game on a Tuesday. It might be harder to get to, yeah. You know, then like an after I don't know. We're, you know, it's we're splitting hairs out of Th- it. Thankfully, you know I mean? kids soccer games are at I, I think 4 a.m. on a Saturday morning. They're really freaking early. 3:30 maybe. Oh my gosh, we had a, we were hanging out with some friends. Yeah, it's still dark outside. We were hanging out with friends uh last night and we crashed at their place and uh we woke, I I slept in a castle bed last night. I slept in a two-story castle bed last night. And I haven't really had the time to process that. Mm. And this is a perfect thing to segue because my wife... Two stories. My wife, Jasper, and me slept in a two-story castle bed last night because we were just like, you know what? We're having a great time. It's later. We can just crash here. And yeah, this, the eight-year-old girl slept with her parents that we could sleep 
and a two-story castle bed. I'm imagining an actual like tiny little staircase in the on the <laughs> bottom floor going to the top. Yep. And it's it just a, glorified bunk beds. It is glorified bunk beds. There was a ladder. Mm-hmm. So my wife slept on the top part. One, because it was like a twin, and I'm six foot one, 250. Yeah. I don't need to be on something like that in the middle of the night. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the bottom of the bed, it's like a full, a little bit a little bit bigger than a full. Okay. Um, so Jasper went to bed first. We put him there, and then I slept down there. Okay. Um, is but, there, where's the dungeon? Is there a dungeon in this? No, castle? but there was a little, there was a little compartment where you, like he could have fit if he wanted to, where there's a bunch of books and like Barbie dolls <laughs> and some like, <laughs> so I'm literally just thinking about, yeah, I slept in a castle bed last night and that's really parenting. That's just what happens. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know where we were going with that. I just kind of, I kind of really needed we to went just where we needed to go. I needed to say that like I slept in a castle bed last night because I haven't like that's that's hilarious and amazing and wonderful and I don't want to I kind of don't want to yeah. forget that I had that night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mhm. Anyway, but that was worth it. Like it was worth it to, I guess what we're talking about is like the moments. (laughs) It was worth it to be there because we weren't so focused because you can get focused on the routine. Yes. Like it has to look like this. Or you can be like, well, if we go home, that's another 45 minutes. We're probably not going to get to bed for another hour, hour and a half. Or we can just be here and just it's probably going to be okay yeah and we did and it was i realized where we were with this because it was the soccer game it's so early so we woke up and the eight-year-old girl had to be at a soccer game and so we woke up and we're drinking coffee and then before we knew it we were out the door okay because and it was just like oh my god this is early for soccer (laughs) so yeah anyway i digressed um so yeah, is there anything that your dad does or did that you find yourself doing or like his like his like how he was as a father, do you strive to be like that? Hmm. I I can think of something off the top of my head. My dad my dad would call me Bubba. Uh-huh. So it, it just, without even thinking about it, I instantly started calling my son Bubba. Yeah. And I, I feel like I call him that more than his actual name. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it just stuck with me. Yeah. And uh, and I call him, we, I, call, I say we're best buddies because uh-huh. my dad would always tell me that we're best buddies. And um, so far, that's all I got because uh-huh. I'm not even two years into this thing. It's true. It is <laughs> I'll probably true. Uh-huh. have a much better answer for you in another two or three years. Yeah, yeah. We should do it. We should like revisit this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it like when you called him Bubba and you just kind of like reacted? Were you at this moment of like, whoa? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, I I remember I. Yeah, because I heard myself saying that and uh, be like, love, like love you, Bubba, and. You know, I would hear my dad saying that to me in my head, and it would—it's a good feeling. Yeah, it is. That's good. So, 
Yeah, I haven't figured it out what I've done yet. I know that, like, I say silly, stupid stuff. My dad was like, he was incredibly silly with kids. So I'd do that with him, with Jasper. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, the sillier the better. Yeah. I love silly. Uh-huh. I think so. Um, Has there been... Um, so there was a boy first and the girl. Was it a different experience with the daughter? Like, did it, like... Because I've had guys on that have come on and they're like i had a daughter and i melted and i'm never the same kind of thing have you felt that or was it just uh is it too early to feel i don't know i i do you know it is a different kind of a different kind of love Mm -hmm. it's it has been very special you know I call her baby. Bubba and baby. Yeah. Like I would, oh. I don't think I would ever, it just doesn't come natural for me to call my son baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I would ever yeah, do that. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's, it's a different experience. Um, at least in my head on yeah. paper, it's the same diapers, the same crying, the same mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so it's it's a hundred percent the exact same as the first four months as my of my son's life, mm-hmm. but I do I do love having a little girl, and my wife loves having a little girl even though initially she just wa- she wanted boys. Um, but when we found out we actually found out about my daughter as opposed to the first time around we didn't want to know the gender, mm-hmm. and when we found out it was a girl, we were both like oddly excited even though really? we were, yeah because we were both you know okay with having another boy and but when we found out it was a girl we were, we were just like all right here we go and it, there wasn't any kind of not that not that there would be any disappointment anyway you know uh, i would I never that. be if yeah. we had another boy or if we had two girls you know i don't care yeah it's like i mean i wanted to have a boy Mm-hmm. I really did. Like, it was like, please. Not like in that machismo thing. I just really was like, I don't know. I just I just kept thinking, like, I wanted to have a boy. But I also would tell people, I mean, it's like fighting the wind. Like, I don't really have that much control. Yeah. Like, once she's pregnant, my job is over. <laughs> like, that's that's all the control I have, right? Yeah, you don't have to. You can. <laughs> yeah, you can move out. You're yeah, done. But I'm done. You know, I could, um, but like my part was over and it's like, it's either if whatever chromosome presents itself and then here we go. And then, and then that's what it was. And I was like, if it was a girl, I probably would have been fine and loved, loved her just as much. Yeah. Because I think it is a thing when, when this living being is there now, it's, it's a part of you. I mean, that's the thing that I, I mean. I stare at him and I'm just like, he's a part of me. How can yeah. I not love that? Yeah. So it doesn't matter what it is. It's just, he's, he's a part, you know, your kids are a part of you. you so. do, yeah. You don't realize how much you can love something. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, and I hate saying that like, you don't understand if you're not in it, but you kind of like, I didn't understand at all. Yeah. Neither did I. Nobody does. I I didn't know I was capable of loving children. 
You know what I did realize? <laughs> I'll tell you the one thing I knew. I'm an incredibly selfish person. Yeah. Because it's like it's like now that like I mean it's it's even hard because I'm staring at the monitor right now watching that he's asleep, <laughs> you know like I have to like think about that but it's like we, we just we're just selfish people and not like selfish in that like negative way we just want to do what we want to do yeah right Ex- exactly you know which which I think needs a different word other than selfish uh, you can help me figure that out because I really want to think I I'm, really I'm I'm thinking the word I, I want to say normal. <laughs> I don't know. No, we, can't, we can't do that. It's just, it's like a, um, I think it's a perspective shift. Our, our perspective goes from us and it kind of shifts when we get married or in a relationship right. a little bit, but it really shifts with the kid because now it's not about us. I, I would hope to, I hope I can find a word because the only word I can think of that really describe it is selfish. Um, yeah. Because, because you want to like, I want to come home from work and like, just take my shoes off and not have to talk to anybody for a minute. Right. Um, you don't want the, the two and a half hour whirlwind of post school. Yeah. Pre bedtime. I mean, cause I'm, <laughs> cause I'm in a situation and you know, my situation is a little bit different from most people because I have 65 kids that I deal with during the day. Right. Trying to get them to do things they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And then I come home and I have this one. And it's a little bit easier because, you know, I love him and he's great. But still, it's it's a lot. But then, but like, I, I kind of, it always flashes in and out because I realized the one thing that I would be doing if he wasn't there at like 4.30 in the afternoon when I'm home I would just be watching something stupid on Netflix. So it's like, <laughs> I can probably, I'm probably going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like, I'd be watching the office for the ninth time. Yeah. Yeah. It... Yeah. I, I, it's, I don't, I, I don't like to say we were selfish before children, but it's just priorities change. Yeah. And, when it's, you know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know I could love children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I always, I always, whenever we were around couples with kids. Yeah. I tried to think of the quickest way we could get out of there. Yeah. Because I did not, I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't understand it. Um. And, you know, uh, everybody's kid is annoying to me. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I was like, why is this kid, why is this kid whining so much? Like, what's wrong with those parents? Like, why are they? Yeah, and, I know. Because, you know, and now I've got a almost two-year-old who is throwing fits for no reason. Uh-huh. And is just whining uncontrollably. And... I get it. <laughs> and yeah, you, you can't, you can't possibly, I don't expect anybody without kids to under to understand it. And yeah. I, and I fully, I fully understand when they want to get away from me <laughs> when I'm yeah. with my children, uh-huh. you know, it's almost like it's less selfish and it's more of an empathy maybe thing. I yeah. Know, but, but I do remember like, 
you're it it shifts when you have kids because cry, when a kid's crying and you're a parent, it's different than when you're a kid's crying and you're single. Because when I a kid's crying, I'm just like he's probably hungry or tired. Yeah, and I'm like, I wonder if I should help. <laughs> you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> and then it's but it's like a single person. You're like, oh my god, why is that kid like what you were saying? Yeah, why is that kid crying? I remember like. I remember it, I was forever changed, um, and it was at a Faithful Night at Bucketheads. Um, oh, it's such a great restaurant. Yeah, it's yeah. I really hope they Rest- rebuild. I, I said restaurant, didn't I? It's not a restaurant. It's, it's they, more of a feeding trough. I don't. Th- I don't think they let them put the word restaurant no, on the it's, sign. It's just a place where food can be put in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The food, it comes from somewhere. Yeah, it comes from somewhere. There's alcohol. It's prepared. 100%. Yeah, it's prepared, but restaurant, maybe not. But anyway, so we were there for one of our, you know, wing nights. Yeah. I know that you've been to one of them. Been to one of them, yeah. It was, it was wing night yeah. slash they do karaoke. Yeah, so so it was one of those nights. But um, so karaoke set up at the end of the bar. And at the end of the bar, there's also a queen machine where the queen machines are where you can like win money. It's like a oh, okay. slot machine, computer games. You play computer games and you can win cash. Right. I mean, I've known someone who won $5,000 in a night off that machine. Whoa. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, and they spent 10,000 to get it. Yeah, they did. Exactly. So anyway, we were, we're at a wing night. We're eating. Um, a few of us were there and there was another guy who had like a three-month-old, and he was going to play the queen machine. Whoa, it's a loud environment. <laughs> it's, it's a loud environment to be at Bucketheads. But then the music started playing, and the speaker was right next to the queen machine, and he was sitting there with his three-month-old, and the speaker was like, you know, like really loud music. And every single one of us at, at our table were like, why is this motherfucker having this three-month-old right next to the speaker? It's 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 making me angry here. It is. It's make yeah right. And you probably wouldn't think about stuff like that before kids. No. But he played for a good forty-five minutes, and he kept coming back to the Queen Machine with the kid playing it. And I was like, you like there were times when we were like, should we have gotten up and said something? Should we be like you? Like, go to the bar where there's the other side of the bar where the karaoke's not going on, man. It's almost worse than... He would have been better off leaving his child in the car. Yes, right? <laughs> I hate to, You know. But, like, I... Don't quote me on that. No, it's forever going on the internet <laughs> sphere. But anyway, like, that's when I realized, okay, I'm not the same Roy that I am anymore. Because that night, all we talk, and we still talk about that night. Yeah. We're like, oh, that, that damn guy with his kid. Like, if the kid was, wasn't was deaf before, he's deaf now. Yeah. <laughs> was the kid just sleeping? Slung the kid was just there, and he was just, he was just holding the kid, and the kid was just resting their head on his shoulder. If my wife had been there, she would have gotten up and yelled. Or, or, <laughs> oh, yeah. told, or told, sorry, Carly. You would have, and you can be embarrassed that I said this, but you would have. Well, I mean, I would have, I would have backed her up on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a part of me that was like, I, I always feel like, should I have gone and said something? I don't know, but 
But then you're at Bucketheads. You're dealing with a man who wants to gamble his child's health be damned. Yeah, child's health be damned. He's got nothing he, to lose, you know? He will, uh, he'd probably <laughs> fight you with the child still on, slung over the shoulder. Yeah, he probably would have. So, yeah. He's probably done it before. So, yeah, it was probably, I don't know. I just, it was, it was just one of those things. It's just, we're never the same once they pop out. Yeah. Am I allowed to go to the restroom? Or I was actually going to say that because I just realized that our drinks are empty. So to those of you listening, it's going to be just a second. But for us, it's going to be a few minutes. So yeah. we'll be right back. Wait, no, I'm not ready. And we're back. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, geez. So uh, what are we talking about? Stock market? Yeah, stock market, our friend Jim, Bucketheads. We've talked about a lot of things. What's been the funny? Has there been something that you've been like, this is really freaking funny, just being a dad? Yeah, the first time my son just started cackling, just cracking up like these. Really? Yeah, these deep, genuine laughs. And you never know what it's going to be. It was something, I don't even remember what it was. But you say something in a weird way, or you make some noise, uh-huh. and he finds it freaking hilarious, and he laughs harder than anyone's ever laughed. <laughs> yeah. And you keep doing it, and he keeps laughing harder, and there's just so, you know, you're so happy in that moment, yeah. as happy as he is. Uh-huh. And witnessing the, witnessing the genuine happiness is there's nothing it's unreal there's nothing like it oh yeah i would say i would say it's very fun that's a fun part yeah is just getting them to laugh getting them to smile because they'll they'll do it i love being goofy with them and he'll do it at the weirdest things Mm -hmm. and it gives me an excuse to just be really weird with him yep it's great yeah yeah it kind of helps how excited they are about things to kind of like get you back down sometimes, you know, people, there's always those memes that are like, I want to be as happy as a kid who like sees a piece of chocolate for the first time, you know, but like that genuine, like joy is a cool thing to, to be a part of, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to, I like to think that there's still genuine joy and happiness to be found in adulthood. Oh yeah, there I, is. I think there there absolutely is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've seen it. I've seen that more. Um, I mean, I've I've worked with children for almost 20 years in like different areas of my life, not just as a teacher. Yeah. And it's it's kind of helped kind of like keep that perspective in my life that that, you know, you gotta. You can't take. What is it that line? You can't take life so seriously you won't come out of it alive. What's that? There's. It's from some popular movie. Yeah. Um, American Pie. Is it? No, I don't know. No, it's not American Pie. It's not Dazed and Confused. Van Wilder. That's from Van Wilder. There it is. Yeah. What a yeah, man! What a great movie. Oh my gosh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Who would who would I knew, I knew he was gonna be, 
That movie was a showpiece for Ryan Reynolds. Oh my God. It was all for after, him. After that Jeez. movie, he got offer after offer. <laughs> and he's basically the same person in every movie. Yeah. Me, me and my wife just watched a movie with him last in it last night. What? Did you watch The Adam Project? That's what it was. I want to see it. I haven't seen it yet. I bet it's great. It's pretty good. Man, he is delightful. Very movie. You should watch Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place. That was his first his first real big thing. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, my brothers and I used to watch that on TV. He was great. But anyway, like working with kids, like I just I just can't take life so seriously. And they, and they get joy out of the little things and that's kind of helped me to kind of stay the course in that area of my life. Sometimes to a fault. I'm kind of a little bit like let's have a good time kind of yeah kind of person but i think we all could like jump on a playground more in our lives oh i 100 percent agree with that and be happy in a moment you know i mean my kid's just psyched to have pasta with pesto on it and he's like this i don't need anything else in my life right now there's pesto on this oh my god yeah and i get some almond milk he's yeah. like super freaking psyched so he's the so he's the kid who likes pesto. Uh huh. Yeah, he's the kid who likes their yeah. <laughs> But I but going back going back to what you're saying, I I I told this to my wife recently that these these toys we're buying for Rowan, I can I could sit down for an hour and play with this and be just fine. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh huh. There's like a this, reason this, toys, that, this is yeah. all, this car that goes uh-huh and drives like drives up on the, even when it's on its back it keeps driving around. Uh-huh. Yeah, I could play with this for a long time and be thoroughly entertained. Yeah. 100%. And and Play-Doh is timeless. Anybody like Yeah. I feel like like toy cars and and Play-Doh uh you could bring that to a work function. Or a work icebreakers uh-huh. meeting, whatever, yeah. and everybody would have so much fun playing with their Play-Doh. Yeah, it's it's really funny to watch adults get into that. Like that's just my world, right? So like for the last however long, from like summer camps and mentoring kids to like I worked at a daycare and now I'm here. Like I just I just have to be that, right? And I'm just like, to me, it's second nature. It's just, it's just, that's just what I'm, that's just, oh, it's just a Tuesday, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like for everyone else, it's not. What was the daycare like? Like, what, what was it like working there? It was, um, compared to, <laughs> compared to like, uh, like teaching children. Um, it was more of like corralling squirrels than like <laughs> a classroom. And what what age group would you typically? Oh, it was I during the the day it was uh, five year olds. Okay. And then in the afternoon it would be to like fifth grade. Okay. All right. So um, I mean I I said and did the stupidest stuff. Um, it was it was awesome. I was like in my early twenties. Yeah. And just like I'm like I'm getting paid to like chase kids i used to play kickball with the, the kindergartners but i would use a big a big dodgeball mm-hmm. and i would roll it really fast because they would try to kick it and it would like fly them backwards <laughs> and the kids were just like this is amazing 
and it was I would, basically just to survive. It was yeah, there, was uh-huh. that was the yeah. the name of the game was to survive this giant yeah ball that's bigger uh-huh. than us that our teachers rolling out of yeah. And then we, I would play like dodgeball against me, so all the kindergartners and like second grade would be against me, okay, and stuff like that. It was it was really fun. It was really silly. But I worked at a summer camp for fifteen years, too. Okay. Like the kind where you're like the typical like sleep in a cabin. Like for like eight weeks, like all yeah. summer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we had week long sessions, but for the first part, I would volunteer for like a week or two, and then I got to be full time, and then I was there all summer. Okay. Were there? I, I I used to see this in movies and on TV. Were there actually summer camps for kids, where they stayed at the camp like for two or three months, like like yeah, all there summer? Are. There are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was this one of those, or no. did you? This one was. Anything? This one was week long. It was through the church that we I grew up going to. Okay. So you would have week long sessions, and the kids would show up on Sunday and leave on Saturday. So you had a, you had a fresh set of kids every week. Some of the kids were there. Like there were kids that you would see like three, four, five weeks that summer, but those parents had lots of money. The kid would go to the camp multiple weeks. I didn't even think that was an option. It was at our, yeah, it is. <laughs> there's some, there's a lot of camps where they're gone for like eight weeks. But don't they, don't they, they experience the exact same thing what the next mean? time they're there as they did the first time? Yep. Kind of. I mean, it's the same events, but it's different kids, different counselors, um, stuff like that. Um, and I've, if I've gotten way, way too off topic, even. No, nah, man, it's good. I think, uh, yeah, I th- summer camps. Those are like most of those are like up north. I don't. I had never heard of one in Georgia where I was from. Most of the camps that I knew were like you're like a week or maybe two weeks at most. But I knew a, a friend of mine. He uh, he worked at one that was a summer long. He was there for eight weeks, and the kids were there for eight weeks, and he would get like. What was cool with that one is he would get like a full days off where like I got, I would be like the kids would leave Saturday morning and then I could go home, wash my clothes, hang out for a minute, but I had to be back Sunday morning. Okay. So like it was just, it was, it was a big turnaround. Yeah. I hope that there's summer camps that I can throw him in. That was the best thing I ever did in my life. Yeah. I'd actually, that's that's kind of like the big, if I could really, if, if, if I could get a big chunk of money, I would run a summer camp. Yeah. It's the one thing that kept me normal was the fact that I had a place. Because summer camp is a place where you can be. Did you ever go to summer camp? I did. I went to, uh, just it was just for a week each summer. Uh-huh. Um, it's through my church. Yeah. Um, it was called Camp Willow Run, uh-huh. and it was in North Carolina on Gat Lake Gaston. I saw a T-shirt that had that on there, and it was fan- it was amazing. We all uh-huh. there was this. We all stayed in train cars. Those were the cabins. What? It was like this train. This train that was uh, uh, stop it out of commission, and then all all of them were rent- renovated. Each car was renovated. And then uh-huh. bunk beds and a bathroom in each one, and and we would stay there, wow. and it was amazing. I did I did that uh, 
think I only did that for two summers in a row. And then the church couldn't go there anymore for some reason. So we went somewhere else, which was not nearly as good. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got that. But yeah, our, uh, our church, uh, created this camp. Uh, there were, uh, there was a couple that grew up going to summer camp and they wanted our church to have that. It was called the swamp. And so they created it in like 1992, <clears throat> 93, something like that. And, uh, it's still running to this day, but, uh, it was it was pretty great. It was the kind of place because you know when you're at summer camp, like the regular rules don't matter. It's just silly. It's just weird. You're in the woods. You're disconnected from everything. Yeah. And um, it was the place where like, you know, you're like, I had a counselor who was like in his twenties, and he would like talk to me like a regular person, and like I mean I was a weird kid, but these guys were like whatever. Hey man. Yeah. Tell me about yourself. That, right that was the cool thing like uh-huh. the, the the person assigned to your bunk was just like yeah someone maybe not even in their 20s yet mm-hmm. maybe some like 19 year old and yeah. they, and they talked to you like they didn't talk to you like you were a kid they talked to you like you were an equal like yeah. just a person huh marching band kept me in school <coughs> if i didn't have marching band i wouldn't have graduated because i saw no value or purpose for anything I was doing in school other than I had to get the good grades or I wouldn't be able to be in the band. And in my life, summer camp told me that I had some kind of value and being weird was okay. And so like, if I didn't have those two things, I don't know where I wouldn't be like a state person. I mean, I went to, I started going at 10 and I think, uh, what was it? I was 29 the last year I counseled. Yeah. So, I mean, I spent the better, you know, that's almost 20 years of my life at a place where you're just in the woods like doing <laughs> stupid stuff. Yeah. Right? But it's great. But it's, um, yeah. It's and, if, like- and, and I think that, like, if, if I were to have that opportunity, I probably would try to take it to be that for other kids. I, I hope a great that, idea. I hope that there's a place that he can go to, you know, my kid, yeah. um, just to get away and like, to like be forced to have fun with things that you, you don't, you know, without a phone or a tablet or the normal things. We, I, don't, I don't even know how that goes nowadays. I don't know. Uh, I don't know at what age kids get phones. <laughs> uh, half my kids have phones yeah a lot of my i have one kid who has a he has a smart watch hmm. <laughs> do you have a smart watch i don't yeah i don't i don't see the need yeah that's a good this is a good pause to take a sip real quick oh yeah i know yeah, because no. that, that's a conversation we probably don't need to get into. I know, we don't. <laughs> but uh, f- anyway, since we're talking about it, I know the place I would buy. There's a uh, campground in the Outer Banks that I visited, and I said, okay, this would be the place. If I were to like somehow got like $8 million or $10 million, I would buy it, and I would turn that place into a summer camp. That's how much it costs? I mean, probably it's a big piece of land. I maybe it's like a couple million, but there's like, I mean, I don't know how you know big it is, but 
yeah, I'd do that. I think I would. It's it's great. Get some people who share your vision. Go in together. Yeah. And then during the fall and the winter months, it would be adult summer camp. And then, yeah, I've heard of I've heard of those. Oh yeah, adult and summer camps would be great to seem, have. They seem like so much fun. It's everything that summer camp is, but then we get to add in alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so my church summer camp yeah <laughs> would do away with the nightly sermons instantly. Yeah. Yeah. I know we would we would. skip straight to communion. Yeah. Just get trashed. Yeah. I think that this is a good segue into what I want to talk about because so I grew up in a very intense conservative Christian world and you went to a Christian school. I did. And what was that? What was that like? Is it like the movie Saved? I have not seen that movie. Yeah, you should watch it. It's got Macaulay Culkin in it. But anyway. I like Macaulay Culkin. And it, was it one of those like K-12 to schools? Yep. So I you, was there from kindergarten until 12th grade. So was, was um, Christianity a big part of your life? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. We grew up going to church, going oh. to Christian school. Um, my parents were not. They were. They were not that. They weren't hardcore religiously. I'll use the term religiously strict. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I knew that because I would uh, sometimes I would go to a friend's house, and see that there was like. They weren't allowed to watch the Batman cartoon on TV on Saturday mornings. And that's when I realized, okay, I don't have it so bad. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, there were some parents that really doubled down on that oh, and just kind of lost sight. Okay. Um, but uh, I didn't think I didn't think anything of it. I, my kindergarten through sixth grade, I had never stopped to think that you know, I, I I never stopped to think that I'm getting a, an education that most kids are not. Mm-hmm. I get, I say the word ed- education, experience yeah. that most kids are not. Uh-huh. You know, there's 45 people in my class as opposed to a couple thousand in a public school. There were school. 45 people. So you're like your senior class, there was 45 people. I think my my graduating senior class, I think there was like, it was almost 60. So it was like, it was like 57 or something like that. Yeah. Very small school. I don't know, I don't know how big they are now, but it's a very small school. Wow, my school is that I teach at is that small. It's smaller than that, but but yeah. So was it like um, an oppressive atmosphere at the school? Was it like when you're in it and you're that age and you're you're young and you're in it, uh-huh. you don't see it as that because you've they've already gotten to you they've Uh already kind of indoctrinated you yeah and i don't mean that in a negative connotation because i am still a christian today Mm -hmm. and i was christian i was a christian back then and but looking back you see how when they were trying to reach the kids 
and they had a one strike you're out policy, you you see how ineffective a lot of their tactics were. Got it. And in in particular, you see how they view certain sins as unforgivable. Oh yeah. There's so, definitely those. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So my, you know, my upbringing was pretty intense and, um, you know, <clears throat> the word cult got thrown around a lot. <laughs> really? Yeah. And like, at the, the church that I grew up in, yeah, it was like for real. There okay. were a couple of like ABC specials. I do remember. I do remember us having a conversation yeah. about this. But some pe- people talk about how like it's very easy for people to dismiss. Like I don't see how people can like be in that kind of atmosphere. But what you were saying was kind of helped, like resonated with me because it's like so I was born into this. Like you were a part of it from before you can remember. And so it's like you don't see the way other people see, right? It's just this is just how it is. Yeah. Right? And um, yeah. A lot of times I'm surprised that I came out of it somewhat normal. Mm -hmm. A lot of kids didn't. Yeah. A lot of kids struggled. They went off to a secular college and it was a complete culture shock Mm -hmm. and they didn't know how to handle it and they either ended up dropping out or failing out or you know girls being taught how how bad it is to have sex before marriage Mm -hmm. and then as soon as they graduate from the Christian school they get that culture shock. They get knocked up. Mm-hmm. And that's it. There goes their life. And that happened That happened to several girls who I graduated with who within three years of graduating, they were just, they, they had gotten, they went through, they got chewed up and spit out by a community college because they just didn't know what, what they wanted to do. And then they got knocked up and the end. Yeah. And I, you know, you hate to see that. It's tragic because there is, there's so much value in honoring. I think the intention is to honor yourself for the, the waiting Right. Like right. It, it, it's to honor that. And, and I believe in honoring what's true to you. Right. And where it fails is that it's just becomes this tactic to almost stay in line and to like, no, just don't do it. And if you do it, this one thing and you're never going to get it back. <laughs> yeah. And you're this, and you know, I know. That's the scare tactic they use. And did they ever do like, where they would like, God, I hated this. <sighs> it was like you lose, you Where lose, they chewed up, it. did they chewed up the gum? Did you ever do, did you ever go into a Devo where someone would chew up gum? 
and they would refer to, to this is who you are now. Like you got to go back to the first thing you said. What's a Devo? Oh, a devotional, like a, a church. We called them Devos, like a devotional where someone was like a, a preacher was preaching. It was okay. like the youth minister was talking to the teens. Okay. And they would chew up gum and they would refer to like, this is, this is what you are now. Would you want to, would you want this gum? <laughs> Referring to girls who have already had sex? Or boys, but it was 90% to the girls. Oh my God. Yeah. Or like they would, they would, they would cut a piece of tape off. That's horrible. And they would have everybody, they would like, you, you notice how sticky it is now. And then they would be like, all right, they would hand it and like you would touch the gu- the, the, the tape and you would like notice how it's not sticky anymore. And it's uh-huh. like, that's, that's what you're doing when you are having sex with other people. So they're doing everything but taking a fake vagina, yeah, lubing it up mm-hmm. and then slowly removing the lube yeah, and slowly widening the vagina. Yeah. And saying, yeah, this this is what you are, just a, a useless wasted and I'm so, yeah. I'm sorry to the audience for being it's so okay. crass, but I the episode before this was all about that. So <laughs> it's just interesting that you're yeah, you're saying that. Yeah, and it's like all it does is create this narrative that you're worthless after that. And what a terrible yeah. Like, holy shit. Do you think that, like, God and Jesus are sitting there saying that to, to these girls and to us? Like, for I guess the, the narrative for us was we were these uncontrollable animals that couldn't control this, this thing that was between our legs. And that it was the women's job to be modest, to, like, help us not, help us to control it. But we were, like... It, it kind of like dumbed it down to the fact that I mean, we're just walking yeah. vaginas and penises. Well, we, that, we like, can't, we can't yeah. control it. It's out yeah. of control. It's out, just, yeah. It's, it's you know, if, yeah. if, if that's why we side hug, you know, if <laughs> yeah. you front hug, if you front hug, your, yeah. your undercarriages are going to touch it's, and before you know it, you're humping in the back room, you know, doing yeah. cocaine off each other's butt cracks. And then, you know, sorry, <laughs> just that's, but that's if what was lucky. Like, yeah. But that's like, that was what was fed to us. Didn't have any cocaine in my school. I know we didn't at our church probably, but I'm just, but yeah. So anyway, we digress. Yeah. It, it um, yeah. Trying try to, try, try to unpack all this, figure out where do I, where do I go from here? Uh, you were just saying that like you would see like the after effects of going to the school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, girls would get, and guys uh-huh. would get expelled from my school. If the superintendent found out through somebody uh-huh. that you had had either sexual intercourse or oral sex or anything like that. Wow. So nothing, you were never expelled. If you were expelled from school for that, it was never on any concrete evidence. It was always on really? somebody said you had sex. So someone could say, hey, hey, superintendent, like, yeah, Dan. That's how I got kicked out. You were kicked out of the school? Yes. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got, so 
to be fair, I was doing some of the things. Sure. But. You sinful, the, sinful boy. I got expelled with two months left to go until I graduated. What? Uh, because somebody had blabbed to the superintendent that I was drinking at certain parties, at certain people's houses. Uh-huh. And I rem- I could remember almost like instantly because in my senior year of high school, I would drink. I had the opportunity to drink alcohol maybe like once a month. Uh-huh. If that. So I knew I, I could count on one hand how many times I drank that my senior year of high school. But these times that they were claiming that these places, I knew for a fact that I did not even touch any alcohol. Wow. Uh, but at the same time, there were plenty of other places that I did <laughs> touch alcohol that year. But in a court of law, yeah, you would have been absolved. Hines, like they cornered me. I was called into the principal's office with his son. Oh, jeez. I don't want to, if I keep, that's been 20, it's been a long time. Okay. Yeah. It's been 18 years. Um, and yeah, they, they cornered me and like broke me down and, and like, I didn't confess to anything, but they were basically like, we know you did this and they, they forced some kind of something out of me so that they could expel me. Oh, jeez. And looking back, I should have said, my dad wants me to get a lawyer before I say anything. And if I, if I would have said that, yeah, couldn't have touched me, but, uh, uh, yeah, they, and you had been there since you were in kindergarten. Yeah. So, so the story's not over. Okay. Can't wait. Had a huge history at that school. Been there a long, long time. So, Excuse me. It my I get expelled. My dad calls the superintendent. He goes in for a private meeting with him. He to this day I don't know what was said in that meeting, but he donates a certain amount of money or donates like I think he donated a new scoreboard for the gym or something. Mm-hmm. Um which allowed me for the last two months of my senior year before graduation to be privately tutored by my current teachers of the four core subjects I needed to graduate. I would be tutored by them like twice a week for each one and then take my exams, you know, privately. And then I would be able to graduate with a, a, with a diploma from my high school. Wow. So essentially for those last two months, I got to sleep in, uh-huh. meet with a teacher for a couple hours each day uh-huh. while all my other classmates are in school still for like the standard seven hours a day. Uh-huh. And I graduated. And not only that, they were so impressed by how well I did those last two <laughs> months you. And and how since it was one on one with the teachers, the superintendent would interview the teachers afterwards and be like, "How was he?" And they were like, "He's he's so genuine and he's great." And like he they got a glimpse into, "Hey, here's what a, one of our human b- students is really like uh-huh. when we're not 
towering over them like this. Did you get to talk at graduation? I got to walk. <gasps> Not only that, after the whole graduation ceremony was over. Yeah. And they all gathered in the other, in the lunchroom, like for the reception. I was able, able to call back all the friends I wanted and have my own private walk across the stage being handed the diploma by the superintendent. Wow. I get, they gave me my own private ceremony. Oh, man. None, none of the other <clears throat> 17 students who got kicked out during that whole fiasco uh, had the same luxury. So I was very fortunate. Uh-huh. Again, I I still don't know what was said in that meeting between my dad and, and the superintendent, but I was very fortunate for that to happen. Wow. Yep. Well, good on you, man. I mean, it's, it's, a, so, yeah, you weren't expecting that story. <laughs> that was a great story. Actually. I enjoy, I enjoy hearing stuff like that. So you got to kind of like have a vacation the last two months. And because you because you just kind of like just showed up and did, did the thing the, is I got the best I got such an I didn't even view it as a vacation I got such a good experience like <coughs> one of the teachers one of the core classes I had to have before I graduated was Bible oh geez so I spent two months private tutored by my Bible teacher who was the son of the superintendent uh-huh. and me and him ended up bonding he was twenty eight years old at the time. Really? We ended up bonding and having great conversations. And it's like, never would have had that with uh-huh. my Bible teacher if I would have just finished out the year straight. Yeah. So, so is, what, would you say it was a blessing? No. Okay. <laughs> just, I would say, I would still say I was a sh- piece of shit and that I <laughs> should have just obeyed the rules. And graduated <laughs> like a mature human being. <laughs> oh my God. I love, I, I love I, that you said that. Yeah, I don't I'm think sorry. how I acted. I don't justify anything I did in my senior year. Yeah, no, I, I mean, sure. It's just, it's just interesting. It's interesting how you put the, the Christian in front of anything and there's just like a whole new set of rules, you know? And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't. It was my particular high school. Uh There are Christian schools that get it right. And Catholic schools and whatever (laughs) religious schools there are, there there are schools that get it right. Well, yeah, yeah. My school is the friend school where I teach is a Quaker school. And uh, I'm really down with with how they handle things. It's more of a kind of like... It's a freer approach to things that allows there to be talk of like spirit and God, but in an unoppressive, unoppressive way that I think is the kids that go there. And even for me, I enjoy, I enjoy the, just the language of the religion if that makes does that like that makes sense like it it's just not this like <clears throat> i think the quaker religion comes from like everyone has this inner light in them this spirit and that spirit is god and they allow silence to 
to be how God speaks, you know? And so like you'll go to a Quaker meeting and it's just silent for a while. They'll have like a, a, a query or a question. It's kind of like for like the kids, what we say is like, how do you um, protect the environment or something like that? And then it'll be like silence. And then when, when, when you feel called to speak, then you get to talk. And so these kids will come up from like eighth grade to like all the way down to kindergarten and just say, sometimes it's, it's like, it's some incredibly profound. Some, you know, there'll be like the first grade. that's like, I, I protect the environment by throwing away my trash in the right, right places. But you know that that came yeah. from like this place of like, Oh, okay, cool. That came from inside. It's yeah. no one saying like, you need to do like this. Yeah. So I'm down with that. Um, but I, I know little to nothing about the Quaker. Yeah, my friends were <laughs> when I told people I got a Quaker like school. That. They were the joke with my few core friends were like, uh, <laughs> "So you're gonna have to eat oatmeal forever?" <laughs> like, oh, I was man. thinking Quaker steak and lube. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. No, they 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 immediately you have, went are to you like. Gonna have to eat steak and lube forever. No. <laughs> So what do you think, like, so you said that, like, there's people that had it worse, right? That they're yeah. not, what, what's the thing that kept, like, why are you, what do you think it is that, like, kept you, not them? You know what I mean? Like. My, my dad buying it off? No, 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 like. <laughs> You left the school. Oh, you're talking. Okay, oh, yeah. You left the school. We can scratch that previous line. Now. You um. You went to college. I mean, I know that you know you've had your experiences or whatever, but but you're not like what was it like in the South Park where the homeschooled kids? You know, like one kid, <laughs> the boy became Damien, right? And the girl became like the whore. <laughs> so it's like, so yeah. what kept you from that? Is there something that you? Is there I anything you I often wonder, and I think, you know, a lot of it was my, I think my, my parents really pushing me to go away to college. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to JMU after high school. I didn't get in. So I went to ODU mm -hmm. my first year. And naturally everyone who goes to ODU who ends up hanging out with their same high school crew mm -hmm. if they grew up here. And I remember thinking, I, I these, these aren't my people anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I can't, I can't do this. I'm not growing. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to, you know, satisfy my parents' wishes. I'm going to try and get into JMU. And I did. And going away, getting away from your hometown, I think, for a while, no matter if it's going away to college or going away for a job or just getting away, I think is something everybody should do. Mm -hmm. And it helped me find the people that I love to hang out with, the people that 
the people that as a piece of shit in high school I would have made fun of, like the people in marching band, the people in singing groups, mm-hmm. the the people who like this, who like this and that, and actually like different kinds of movies, uh, the people who like musicals, like just more more diverse types of people and you know some of those people are still are some of my best friends to this day and i have like one or two friends from high school that i'm actually still in touch with from this day to this day Mm -hmm. and the the original question was how do you think i was how do you think i was different well what what was it and I think you answered it by you Going, just yeah, got, yeah, yeah, you got out. Yeah. I think if, I think getting out having, you know, that was my answer. It's not the ultimate answer because some people oh, well, you know, will go away and crash and burn, but well, I'll second your your saying of you need to leave because I did the exact same thing. I left my every like I left everything in Georgia to follow my wife up here and had to like, I think what it is about moving, you have to rebuild. And, and I think there, there comes a point where like, yes, some people do crash and burn, but if you don't crash and burn, it's incredibly powerful to be in a new situation and to thrive. Yeah. Because like, for me, I had to reevaluate who I was and how I did anything because this town is different than Atlanta. And everything in Atlanta, you could just go on autopilot because it was home. Like, but, but for you, it, it was here. Like, you could just go on autopilot and get your degree from ODU and just live your life. You probably could have. On yeah. to some level, but that like there, there's just this point because for me, like I knew pretty early into my relationship with, with Carly that I was going to have to leave if I wanted to stay with her because she just wanted, she was going to chiropractic school down in Atlanta, but she wanted to bring this to Virginia beach what she found, her belief, all of that, what health and like create this new, create a community, serve her community that, that she grew up in. Yeah. And so I had to really sit with it, but it was just really interesting because like there were moments that I was like, I should go. I need to go. Like there was points that I was like, if I don't go, I'm not going to survive this. And I'm just going to go back to the, the old. Yeah. And I hated it because I had to, you know, for me, it was leaving church, leaving this like whole atmosphere, this whole like thing. And I knew that I needed to get away from it to figure a lot of shit out. And I'm really glad that I did because I thrived in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, yeah there's that point you hit where, yeah, you know, if I don't do this now, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to fall back into everything I've been doing. Yeah. And it would probably have been okay, but it wasn't aligned with myself. And I think, 
I guess I think that's what I was seeing in what you were saying. Yeah. And I think it completes, yeah. It sort of completes your personality. Mm-hmm. I think if I were to, if I never would have left and I would have stayed at ODU, mm-hmm. I would have an underdeveloped personality today. And I would not be very much fun to talk to. <laughs> well, I think it expanded your horizon. And I think marriage, birth, leaving your hometown adds a layer to your existence that can't be explained. Yeah. Even like even like the, the death of a someone close to you adds a level to to life and existence that it, it kind of it just it rounds out your perspective and it deepens your like idea of what life is and what life can be and it's powerful it's also fucking scary cuz marriage is scary yeah birth and like being a parent is scary Leaving your hometown is scary. I mean, I'd say birth, I'd say having kids was more scary to me than marriage. Sure. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, but, but there's a level, (laughs) there's a level to saying, I'm giving, I want you to be with me now. Like there's, there's fear. I mean, there's fear with love because this person can ultimately like you're giving your heart to someone. And saying, here, I want you to have this. Yeah. Take it. And then with like birth, it's like that heart is now just like running around doing whatever they want to do. Right. You know, so it's all kind of scary, but it's so fucking cool when it's, I mean, it's worth it. That's a good good way to put it. You know, (laughs) like you can't experience unless you go all in kind of thing. So, yeah. It deepens everything, and it, it adds a level to life that just can't be added unless you do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, right on, which, man. Which I don't... If people don't want to have children, I don't fault them. I, like, I don't, sure. I don't... That's their own thing. I don't, I don't care. Like, yeah. I totally understand if you don't want to have kids. Yeah, like, I do too. It, I hated that. I hated that. <laughs> People telling me that, oh, man, you're just not having the best life you can if you're not married or. Yeah, it's like who, who would, you know, I, who are we to say that? Who's anyone to say that? Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in, in my culture, like most people are married by 21, 22. And like I was like an old maid. I hated that crap. 21, 22? Yeah, there was. I I know of a few people that got married at like nineteen. Pressure from the church and no, their parents. Just, well, I mean, just because you've been dating for you know, let's say you you start dating in high school at like your junior year. You know, you're you're dating for two or three years. You're not having sex or doing anything like the the people that I'm thinking of. Like I remember, they didn't. They only held hands. Oh, okay, well, that's pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But, like, anyway, I digress a little bit. But, yeah, they were they were married at 19. I mean, it's like if you've been dating someone for two years, 
you know, and you can't do anything, but then you <sighs> break up. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm butchering this and I'm going to, someone's probably going to anyway, but it's like, I don't know you, <laughs> this. You're doing it anyway. I should just stop talking about it. But anyway, they got married at 19. You know, there's people I know that got married at 21. They're still together. It's, it's fine. It's great. But you nailed it when you said it's fine. It's just fine. It's, I mean, maybe not. There's, I mean, you know. You might have overstepped when you said it's great. Oh, jeez. I, I, would, I would have stopped at fine. Oh, Dan. <laughs> a shot of Jameson, a beer, and two whiskey gingers. Yeah. But, like, you know, so, like, yeah, I was an old, I forget where we were going with that, but, like, oh, but people would tell me, like, oh, man, life is so much better when you're married, or, like, everything is, like, better when you have kids, and, and like, when you're single, everyone wants to hook you up with someone. Like who? Who's like? Like I hate that crap. Who I don't, says that? Who says? Oh, when you're married, when you're married, or when you have kids, everything just opens. Everything's like. Oh my god! Who I, are I, you I, to say that to somebody who doesn't, who's not married and doesn't have kids? Like you. I would hear someone be like, "Oh my gosh, when when my daughter was born, I just realized this was my purpose in life forever, and I just want that for you." And it's like. Oh, shut the that's the mentality that pressures girls into getting married at 21 yeah because <laughs> i'm like really like after, there's after people 21 they're a chewed up piece of gum or, I know, or yeah. a tape a piece of tape that's not sticking sure, anymore i know it's fucked up and who cares like i i was fine being single at 24 99 percent of the world is fine being single yeah. at 24 because you're 24 right who cares? Yeah. But like, and it was the pressure. And I mean, I used to like lay awake at night thinking like something's wrong with me that I'm, I don't have a consistent girlfriend at 24 and I don't have a plan for my life and I'm not going to get married next year. And like, I don't have kids like geez, mm -hmm. like that's, that's the pressure <clears throat> that's put on me. But thing is now that we're parents, that's the pressure we're not going to put on our children. So that you know? leads me into like, how do you like, do you want your kid to have, what do you not want your kid to have from what you had in that environment? Or are you going to send your kid to the Christian school? Like, is this something that you're going to like, like you want to create for your kids? Do you want them to have that, you know? We're definitely, we go to church currently. Uh -huh. And we're going to keep doing that mm -hmm. throughout our kids' lives. As far as Christian school, I'm I'm not sure we're going to go that route. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know, we want them to have a, a firm Christian background uh -huh. so that when they do go to a public school, they'll see what's there, but they know... They know what they believe. They know what they stand for. And, you know, ultimately they're going to make their own decisions. Ultimately they're going to, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to do whatever they want to do. And, yeah. Uh, so I don't, I, you know, I don't see myself doing much different than my parents did aside from not, sending us to even my parents second guessed it 
when I hit high school, they they started thinking about sending me somewhere else because they just saw how my school was being run and yeah. all the pettiness and all the like what like what is going on here? Like why why aren't these uh, you know it? I could get into more things. But sure, yeah, we can leave it at that. But it sounds like your parents helped you you kind of want to do the same thing your parents did for you yeah they were they my parents had my back the whole way during that whole turmoil of getting kicked out of high school that's all that's all any kid needs yeah right they didn't they didn't kick me to the curb and say oh yeah you got kicked out of high school all right well we're also going to kick you out of the house go get a job Mm -hmm. there you go you know like um That's so fucking cool that your parents did that. My dad had to do that for me in college. I uh, I got into a situation. Um, long story short, I had to restrain an autistic kid on a field trip when I was student teaching. If he if I hadn't have restrained him, he would have ran into the street, and I would have lost a kid in, in you know, in wherever. Yeah. Um, it was really it's a long story. Um, but when you're student teaching in college, you kind of like, if the principal doesn't agree with something that you did, they go to the, they go to the college and say, I don't want this kid there or the student there. And then you're kicked out. So I was essentially kicked out of college a month before graduating because of that, because it's, it's technically illegal. Cause I'm not certified, you know, there's not a piece of paper saying I'm certified to like handle, but I was put in a situation that I should never have been put in. It's, it's a long, 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 long story. Okay. But end of the day, um, I needed to, the only thing that was stopping me from graduating was I needed four more weeks of student teaching. And so my dad was a teacher for 35 years in this one County in Georgia. And he was a great at what he did. So, um, I get that I get this. So I, I got punished for a bunch of things. I had to do all these things. I kind of had to do the same thing you did where I had to like, I had to write a paper. I had to do a couple things and they basically were saying, well, you're being put on hold. You can start student teaching again next year. But like, I was trying to leave Georgia to move to Virginia beach and yeah. like stuff like that. So it was just like a bunch of stuff. And so this guy, the, the, uh, administrative dean for the college of education was like you know you've been doing this really great job i really appreciate what you're doing and i've talked to a few counties and there's just no principal or superintendent that like wants to like throw you in and i was like well what counties have you talked to and he told me these few i was like well my dad's a teacher in this one county and i was like ken what if i do that one he goes well okay if, if they say yes, then you got it. So I called my dad and within two weeks he had like figured out a place for me to go. And it was only because of him. I mean, he'd been there for 30 years. So basically my dad called this principal and was like, Hey, my son needs to do this. And the principal was like, well, I'll mention it in a meeting. And I'll never forget the principal telling me this because it was so cool. 
He said, I just need you to know this before you start here. Like, I asked if someone would help you because you're Dan Clemens' son. Oh, yeah, my dad's name is Dan, by the way, which is kind of interesting. He said, um, Terrible, terrible name. I know it's terrible. Um, he said, I, I mentioned this in a teacher's, in like a, a after school meeting. Will there be anybody willing to help? Dan's son and he said there was he said every hand went up and I was like (laughs) (laughs) and so he said he said I just want you to know that walking into this you know he's like he's like we're giving you this chance because of him not you essentially and he said so he was basically saying like don't fuck this up yeah you know so but but I think what that did for me, and I think I'm I don't think I'm far off. It's like our our dads went to bat for us at a pivotal moment in our life that we needed we needed our dads to do. Just like when you scored that goal, you needed your dad to be there, and he was there. And because of that, the trajectory of our life went to where it is now. Yeah. And that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. So heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I just hit the I hit the thing. Anyway. All good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is all good stuff. I think uh, you know, sometimes I ask if there's anything you want to do over, but we're like you're like two years into it. Do you have anything that you think like maybe you'd want to do over? Or you think, man, I should have went that way. No. Only because, I say no because, again, yeah, only two years into it. Mm-hmm. In 30 years. We'll come back in 30 when, years. When my yeah. when my son is in prison, <laughs> maybe I'll have some, you know, some regrets, some things I would do over. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have let him see that that movie when he was so young, you know, that really, really uh-huh. damaged his mind. Yeah. But until then, right now I've got nothing. Yeah. So what do you think, what do you view your role is as a dad? To protect my children uh-huh. and to make sure that to try my hardest to Make sure they grow up to just be good, decent, hum- mature human beings. Yeah. And to prepare them to be successful in their adult lives. Yeah. And to make them laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I should have started with that. Number one is is to make my children laugh and to make them happy. Yeah. Number two is to just set them up for success as much as I can and always support them. Cool. And yeah, I think that's to to be a dad. I think that's, that's what you got to do. That's, and I think if you love your children, then it's easy. Yeah. So I like it. And I think that that's a good place to, 
tie this up and wrap it up with a bow. Yeah. Um, I agree. I, uh, you know. Are we at the four hour mark? Two hours and 15 minutes. Oh. I think that. Um, Thank you guys who who are still listening. Yeah, I think uh, I never take it lightly that um, you're allowing me to uh, put your story out. So I appreciate that, you know, and I respect that you did this. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. I mean, our, you know, it was a really fun conversation and a great conversation to talk about. Um, so, yeah, thank you for doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. I had fun. Need, yeah. And as always, be excellent to each other. And uh, we'll catch you next time, guys. Thanks.